0: Welcome to Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors.
1: This is the Visionary Podcast Series and about visionary ideas and people. My name is Jonah Kim. I am Collins Retail Analyst. In this episode of our Retail and Luxury Visionary Podcast Series, we are excited to spend time with Paul Beck, CEO and founder of Matter of Fact, which is a disruptive emerging skincare brand. Paul's years of dedicated work and research culminated in the unique technology that is the foundation of Matter of Fact, the breakthrough ability to fully dissolve high concentration of ascorbic acid without compromising stability or cosmetic elegance. Paul created Matter of Fact to bring his work to people in search of better, more effective skincare solutions. Paul, thanks for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Sure. So for those who are less familiar with your brand, could you talk about why and how you founded Matter of Fact?
0: Yes. So as you so kindly and warmly I mentioned, matter of fact, as a clinical skincare brand, Uh, I founded it in 2018, and we launched product into the market in September of 2021. So it's been about a year and a half uh, since we've we've launched product. My falling into the rabbit hole that is clinical skincare was a little bit circuitous, but I did grow up around both beauty and the lab. Uh, My father ran a small beauty supply store and my mother was a chemist. But really, my interest in skincare developed later when I had skincare issues of my own. Um, And that was exacerbated when I found myself in front of the camera after college when I, for a brief period of time, was a recording artist in South Korea. And it was at that time that I developed an interest in in skincare because of my own skincare concerns. And I met the person who would eventually become my instructor in cosmetic formulation. And so, you know, many, many years later, I founded this company. And the idea being that you know, skincare should be matter of fact, it should be straightforward and effective, and that it should also be pleasant to use if we're comparing it to food being nutritious and delicious, right? Um, efficacy depends on consistent usage, It doesn't matter how good a product is, unless you're willing to use it day in and day out in order to see those results. Um, and so that's a little bit about how I came to found the brand and, and what some of our goals for the brand are.
1: What are some core competitive advantages of the brand versus other skincare brands? You know, Why do customers choose, matter of fact, as their skincare of choice?
0: You know, the first thing that we, we want to focus on is creating what we call novel delivery vehicles, meaning uh, how can we take research-backed ingredients and, quote unquote, unleash them? Because many of those ingredients, despite the great research on them, oftentimes have limitations around shelf stability, around unpleasant sensations, whether that's grittiness because they're hard to dissolve or stinging and burning uh, sensations that they they create on skin. And so how can we create delivery vehicles that uh, maximize their efficacy while minimizing some of those less pleasant aspects um, of them? And then by doing that also, how can we combine them, combine multiple ingredients that may be finicky to use uh, or to formulate with, on their own, but through novel delivery vehicles uh, can be combined in order to maximize results while minimizing irritation and unpleasant uh, user experiences. And so that's, that's, I think, you know, one core competency that we're able to provide our, our customers. Uh, and then also a dedication to clinical testing. Skincare can feel complicated and overwhelming. We do believe that the more work we can do on the back end on product development and clinical testing, the more confident the user can feel when purchasing and using the product. And part of that is providing clinical testing that demonstrates the final formula's efficacy, not just relying on evidence of individual ingredients in the formula that have been tested in isolation.
1: That's great. And maybe we can move on to overall beauty trends that you are seeing. What are some key skincare trends that you see currently? And what are some must-have items that customers are currently gravitating towards in skincare?
0: Yeah. So I think that, you know, for many years, the consumer was very focused on the safety of products, right? And so we saw the rise of products and product lines that focused on safe formula formulas. You know, sometimes they had philosophies on including or excluding certain ingredients, so on and so forth. I think that reached a probably a fevered pitch around 2017 or 2018. And now I think there's a renewed focus on efficacy. So right, after a decade or so of asking, are my products safe? Now it's, are my products going to actually help my skin? look and feel better. Uh, I think that's one one trend um, that I'm seeing amongst many skincare users. I think another trend is streamlined routines. You know, this is a trend that I think has, you know, something that's continuing over the past several years. Uh, I think that there's probably less of a romance around very long, intricate skincare routines. But of course, you know, to the degree that people are going to find long, intricate routines, self-soothing and decadent, people will still want to indulge in that. You know, if you think about a routine with an oil cleanse, followed by a second cleanse, followed by an essence, an acetoner, a serum, a treatment, a cream, an oil, and then an eye cream, that's, I think, already nine or 10 steps in, in one routine. I think that for many, that sort of routine will probably be more of an occasional spa day. Sort of treatment than an everyday routine, where uh, I'm observing that many users seem to want to limit their skincare routine to about three to five steps as opposed to eight to 10. Another trend that I'm seeing is uh, balancing efficacy with gentleness. We saw for several years, you know, around that 2014 to 2018 time period. Uh, many consumers having a love affair with chemical exfoliants and retinoids. Uh, Many people overdid it. um, And so we saw the pendulum swing back to barrier repair, focusing on moisturizing and hydrating skin, very gentle products. I think now we're starting to see users wanting to wisely balance both, right? Especially for skincare concerns that often require a more active approach. Things like acne or uh, stubborn discolorations and dark spots and skin or fine lines and wrinkling. These are things that um, often require a more active approach, but um, you know, taking an active approach balanced by a gentle approach can be helpful uh, so that you don't sort of, Overdo it January first, and then kick your your new healthy habit by January thirtieth, despite your New Year's resolutions.
1: Thanks for the helpful color. Uh, moving on to your core customers, obviously you haven't been around for a long time, but based on what you have, could you just talk about key characteristics of your customers and have you seen any pullback in terms of how they're spending in the current environment, and usually how often do they shop with you, and how often do they you know come back for for to replenish your products?
0: Yes, so I think in the the short lifetime of our our brand since launch, we've seen a few, a few patterns in, in our customers. The first one is that one of their primary concerns is around visible signs of sun damage. So fine lines of wrinkling, uneven skin tone and dark spots, uh, so on and so forth. And um, I think in part, that's, that's due to our, our limited product offering. And, and vitamin C is known for being able to address some of those concerns. And so it is a self-selecting pool. I think uh, we've also seen many of our customers be very busy folks, right? Juggling their career, their family, and their self-care. And so um, wanting to take care of themselves, but not wanting to spend too much time researching their product purchases. They want to get the information in a compelling, easy to understand way and get it quickly. You know, again, limit their skincare routines to three to five steps, um, not eight to 10. Uh, And then, you know, increasing interest in in looking at clinical evidence for their product so really appreciating uh, clinical testing on On final products not just the ingredients themselves and knowing to differentiate between consumer perception studies where one is asked you know do you see a difference in your skin after using this product for x number of weeks as opposed to a dermatologist assessing the quality of skin and measuring changes in skin through equipment and instrumentation in terms of our customers and their cadence we're seeing a repurchase rate of Probably on average once every three months, um, which makes sense for the size of our products, and and then of course in the the backdrop of what's going on overall with the economy and you know certain people looking for value, right? And I think we're seeing that in two different flavors. I think the first is of course some people are going to want to look for products at a lower price point because they're tightening their budgets. Um, and I also think that sometimes uh customers are looking for value, but without cutting their budgets per se, but wanting to feel that their products are quote unquote worth it. Um, and I think that's manifesting, you know, in, in two ways primarily. The first is again wanting to understand how their products work, what evidence you know is behind those products that they can feel good about the product making, you know, good on the promises, and also just a pleasant wonderful sometimes luxurious experience of the product itself and of course those two things can also be combined into one product as well but you know people want you to be thoughtful about you know how they're they're spending their money even if sometimes it doesn't mean that they're spending less per se.
1: That's great and maybe moving on to distribution strategy you're mostly DTC now and as you think about sort of your long-term goal um, you know how do you think about your distribution expansion?
0: Yeah, so as you mentioned, we are currently D2C. Um, but, you know, skincare is a category in which skincare users really value the opportunity to be able to touch and feel a product before purchasing. And and of course, as you're probably very well aware of, we are seeing a resurgence in in-person shopping after a long period of being unable to do so because of the pandemic. And so it is our long-term goal to partner closely with a retailer that's able to understand and appreciate our approach to clinical skincare and to work closely with us to build on on those values and, and our product development philosophy.
1: Yeah, that's very exciting. And you're also the formulator of your brand, Could you maybe just talk about, you know, your innovation pipeline and the process you go through to introduce a a new product?
0: Yes, of course. So, you know, currently we have two products uh, in our line and then, you know, thinking about expanding into into new product categories. I'd say that on average, it probably takes around 12 to 24 months in total to get a product from concept to launch onto the market and, you know, it depends on lots of, lots of different factors, but if you break that down, um, it's usually four to six months, just in those initial steps for me and the lab to formulate a product. Uh, depending on how challenging the formula is, um, and then how quickly I can get to a prototype that resonates strongly enough with the team and initial testers in order to justify taking next steps. And those next steps, of course, would be initial testing. So this is testing around stability and preservative efficacy and irritation and allergenicity and other safety tests. And those tests on average will take you know three to six months from start to finish, depending on whether there are sometimes extenuating circumstances that put a wrench in that sort of testing. And for example, we saw a lot of that in the first few years of the pandemic. Um, there are many, many delays. Many labs were closed or working at uh, limited capacity, of course, because everyone wanted to keep their, their team members safe. But, you know, that can take three to six months. Uh, and then If all of that comes back in in a way that we're happy with, um, going into clinical trials, which can take five to six months, again, with probably about three months of that being the actual study time and having buffers on each side for preparation of the study. And then, of course, data analysis. Simultaneous all of that, we're also having to work on, of course, packaging, um, package compatibility testing and uh, uh, copy, right? How do we what do we call the product, how we talk about the product so that a potential user can understand it quickly and um, and find product that will that will address their their concerns. Um, and so that's sort of what that that process looks like for product formulation.
1: And you talked about you have two signature products now. And as you think about Jason categories, and perhaps men's, you know, is the emerging trend as well, how many products do you think you may have on the skincare side? And just any thoughts that you have on expanding into new categories will be helpful.
0: My teammates are constantly asking me for new products and um, and we have a lot sort of in the pipeline. Um, and at any given time, I'm probably working on four or five uh, new products at a time. When thinking about, about those new products, I like to think of them in terms of uh, skincare concerns, sort of umbrella concerns, and creating prototypes of products that would fit underneath each one of those concerns. And those, those umbrella categories for concerns aren't categories that would surprise anyone. You know, these are things like fine lines and wrinkling, you know, discolorations and dark spots, uh, uneven skin texture, blemishes, redness and sensitivity, so on and so forth. And so, you know, of course, some experiments will go uh, more successfully than others. And I would never want to release a uh, you know, new product just for the sake of doing so. But I can say that um, you know, our goal is to be able to release facial skincare products in all of those umbrella categories of concerns so that eventually we can we can have a line in which people can mix and match the products in order to fit their needs and it will be able to do that for the vast majority of of skincare users.
1: Great. And as we close out the session, can you just talk about what has been really fun for you and what has been most challenging as you embarked on this journey? And where do you see matter of fact, in the next three to five years,
0: the most fun and gratifying thing about this journey has been being able to, to make things that delight people, right? You know, um, in 2018, when I founded the company, um, it was really just me, there was no funding, there was no team, um, other than myself. And uh, at that time, you know, creating products and hoping that one day uh, they would hit the market and and someone would be able to use it felt like a dream. And so now, to be able to get positive feedback from users every single time I hear something positive when when one of the products works for someone, that's a moment of real joy for me. And it's part of uh, what's so exciting to be in the lab day in and day out making new products. Um, and so I think that's that's been the most fun, gratifying part of this journey. In terms of challenges, because it was such a solitary endeavor for the first two and a half years, and then quickly bringing on really great people, you know, uh, creating a great team, but having to do so in a world that's remote, was something that was challenging because i had never, I'd never been a part of a a new team that came together over Zoom without, you know, I think it was probably over a year before I met any of my teammates in person. And so um, that was a struggle because there are sometimes things that um, can be done more efficiently, um, including, you know, developing a feeling of closeness with people in real life, as opposed to over Zoom. But of course, you know, we needed to be um, safe. And uh, remote work setup was very conducive to that. And then in terms of the next, you know, few years of Matter journey, and of course, right now, we're a, a baby, baby brand, right, a young baby brand. Um, but I hope that we'll be able to continue and sustain our focus on releasing efficacious products and, and, you know, also sending our dedication to clinical studies. And I hope that in three to five years' time that the brand would have solidified its place in, in our supporters' hearts as a brand that's not only dedicated to excellent products, but also to, to warm, compassionate, and helpful communication as well.
1: Well, thanks, Paul, for your time. It was a great getting to know more about your brand. Hope to see you uh, you know, grow with the brand over time as well. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Cowan
0: Insights.